0: Everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time?
1: Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, My New Book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to the ZBook Successful Authors Podcast. And today, how pertinent. I have a professional organizer with me. I have none other then the leader of the Heart Work Organizing, author of four books, and a certified professional organizer. Help me welcome Darla DiMauro. Hi, Darla, how you doing?
0: I am doing great, thanks for having me on, Eric.
1: You're very welcome. Uh, How do you pronounce your last name?
0: You got it right, it's DiMauro, it rhymes with Tamara. Cool,
1: cool, and yeah, it's so cool. I just got your book, thank you very much. the, or, the Upbeat Organizer, and uh, how perfect for, to start the year out. Can you tell us about your book?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm, uh, I wanted to make sure that this book came out in January. That's when a lot of people are trying to get organized at home, at work, and just in general. And so it's called The Upbeat Organized Home Office. Um, it is part of, it is actually the third book in what is now a series Um, using what I have developed as the sort and succeed system Mm -hmm. and that is what I've been using for years with clients to help them organize everything from their sock drawer to their uh, calendar to their office files to their money and even job searches and other crazy things like that so it doesn't just apply to things But um, I have, I actually have a history sort of similar to you, Eric, I spent Mm -hmm. a dozen years in the corporate environment. So I worked for a corporation. Um, So I, you know, worked in a, what we would call a cubicle farm back then. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, the prairie dogging over the over the steel case um, <laughs> sides yeah,
1: anything. prairie dogging i didn't I didn't hear that one when oh when yeah,
0: I... the, yeah, that's when you that's when you put your little hands up over and say, "Hey, hey, you have Cheetos yeah. over there you know or whatever <laughs> um, that's called prairie dogging so cool. uh, but I've been there, and also at that corporation, I had the opportunity to work at home one or more days a week, so that was thirty years ago, I hate to admit that, but it was nearly thirty years ago when working at home was not the norm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for the last 15 years, I've actually owned my own business and had a bona fide office in my home. And in this house that we live in, it's a an office right in the front of my home. It's not like a converted bedroom or anything like that. It is actually an office. Um, so all of that experience behind me, you know, I've helped people for the last 15 years as a professional organizer, organize, mm-hmm. like I said, everything from their sock drawers and their kitchens and attics, basements, garages. But I wanted to focus back on the home office with this book because, um, I'm calling it the crossover space. You know, the Mm -hmm. home office is really where your where your work life meets your home and your home life meets your life. And, uh, very often you end up with chaos Mm -hmm. and things end up literally on the floor. And, um, My office is just, you know, I've I've taken pains to make it the room that I want to be in. Mm -hmm. And I know that so many people, um, when they are working from home, they have this kind of cuppy hole or they take over an old guest bedroom. And it's the very last place in their house where they do any organization or any um, decoration at all. And I just think that's so sad because if you're going to spend so much time like I do, and I think Eric, like you do too, in, a, in an office, it ought to be a place that you love. So I want it to be an upbeat, you know, attractive space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much time do we spend in our offices? One third of our life, maybe?
0: Yeah. For me, sometimes it's uh, in any given day or week, I spend more time in my home office than I spend in the rest of my house when I'm not sleeping.
1: Yeah. 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 Some of those statistics are crazy. How long, how much time we spend in a line, how much time we spend in traffic over our whole life. You know, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. So it's all about maximizing that slice of the pie of your, the good time, you know? Yeah. We used to talk about,
0: sorry, we used to talk about working at home as something that was, you know, a benefit or maybe you got to do every now and then um in researching for this book i found out that the us department of labor estimates that 41% mm-hmm. of professionals with advanced degrees now work from home at least wow. part of the time yeah. so it's it's not it's not a thing that maybe somebody kind of sort of does it's something we're all doing almost all the time now
1: yeah i've heard that before and it's just climbing it's going to be more isn't it
0: yeah yeah. When I started working at home 30 years ago, it's funny because I had this one neighbor, she would come over about once a week and this went on for months. She would come over about once a week, knock on the door and say, I see you're not working today. Do you want to watch Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. never did until the day she moved out. She never understood what I did when I worked at home.
1: Mm-hmm, nosy neighbors. You got to love them. <laughs> got to love them. Yeah. So, um, uh, what, uh, I, I heard we just missed the sale of your book.
0: Ah, yes. Well, it was just released to the public on January 6th. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, depending on when this airs, uh, it, it's maybe not for free anymore, but for a good long time after it is, um, after the 7th, it's actually going to be available for 99 cents. Oh, yeah. So it's truly worth it. And um, we try and make we my team and I try and make my books really accessible to people in January because that's when everybody's trying to get organized. So, um, you know, we probably won't take it all the way up to the full price again until after January, because I want as many people as possible to get their hands on the book. Um, because it, it really can change their whole outlook on their, their office and, and the rest of their home. And the other two books are also on sale. I think right now they're $2.99. So um, the first one in the series is Organizing Your Home with Sort and Succeed. And the mm-hmm. second one is Organizing Your Kitchen with Sort and Succeed. And those two books are both 2.99. dollars So I think, you know, yeah. if somebody needs the help, they can uh, probably justify that cost.
1: Oh, definitely. I, I have your book. I'm reading it. But before we get into the nitty gritty uh, of your book, let's talk about wh- what is this certified professional organizer? I just uh, learned that today. Where do you yes. get that? Or so, you-
0: it, yeah, when I say I'm a professional organizer, people, you know, sort of visualize what that means. Maybe you've seen shows on HGTV or other TV shows about getting organized. Um, I actually, the, so the certified professional organizer means that I am a member of the National Association of Professional, sorry, I screwed that up, National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. I screwed it up because we just recently sort of rejiggered what the name meant. Um, so <laughs> many of many of us like me, not only do the physical organizing and moving things around, but also help people with productivity and um, app usage and time management as well. So mm-hmm. That was a good change that we made. Um, but the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals um, has this exam that you can you have to qualify for first before you can even sit for it. And wow. the qualification requires that you work so many hours with clients and that you've, um, I forget, there's a couple of other things. It was a number of years ago that I took this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to continue to keep up your hours and um, cert, um, continuing education units every year um, I have to take like 30 and three years or something like, again, I'm a little light on the details because I, I only have to recertify every three years. Wow. It um, sounds
1: like a big thing though. Like some state exam. Big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We fit, sit for a, an exam, like you set for the GRE or, or, uh, any major exam. So, um, so I was, uh, you know, I've been a certified professional organizer for a number of years and that's important because if people Are listening to this podcast and they're thinking wow there might be a professional organizer near me who can help they want to look for somebody who's qualified Mm -hmm. um you know like being an author you don't necessarily have to have to do much to to call yourself an author to call yourself a professional organizer but to get to that next level of professionalism there are certain benchmarks and getting um certified was one of them for me
1: yeah yeah that's is, is it a state run exam
0: it's, um, no, it's interesting. It is an auditable exam. Um, the, the NAPO organization that I belong to make sure that it is audible and legally defensible, which I think maybe is a little bit of overkill between wow. you and me, but you know, <laughs> they've done the due diligence. Organizers tend to really, you know, do things <laughs> into the details. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it is, it, it is defensible, um, but it's across the organization. And in fact, we even have international members who are certified under the same exam.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, I never heard of it till today. So thank you. <laughs> what? Um, okay, let's talk about SORT, sort and succeed. What is yeah. SORT?
0: So I in in working with clients over the last fifteen years, um, I started recognizing that people were um, contacting me, and I think the authors that are listening to your podcast are really gonna see themselves in this little vignette that I'm gonna paint here. But I had people, clients, potential clients, who would call me and say, you know, I'm really organized at work, but I'm a mess at home, hmm. or they would say, I, um, you know, I'm a I am I want to be organized, or I used to be organized, but I can't quite pull it together, or I feel overwhelmed. Or this was the one that got me. They would say, I know exactly what to do, but you need to make me do it. You need to come <laughs> and make me do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and those people, you know, they're motivated, but it, I thought it was so interesting that these are not people that are not already accomplished. They're, you know, doctors, lawyers, um, professional nurses, authors, really professional people who were calling me and saying, I need to get more organized. I need you to come make me do it. So what I recognized was that um, oftentimes getting off the dime and just starting to get organized was the hardest part for some people. Now, it's not for everybody, but you know, it, it really mirrors kind of what we go through, especially in the beginning of the year with trying to get a handle on our resolutions, or if anybody's ever, you know, tried to start working out at the gym again, or, you know, running or whatever your physical activity is, it's kind of the same thing, like just Mm -hmm. getting off the couch is the hardest part.
1: So it's not just organizing, it's also like accountability partner.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I developed is this five-step system, because Having a system, again, is, is something that organizers do pretty naturally, or creating a system is what we do pretty naturally. So I wanted it to be a an acronym that people could remember, even if six months from now or a year from now, you don't remember exactly what it stands for. You can still remember the acronym yeah. because it's SORT and Succeed. And I also wanted it to be something that I could base in brain science because I'm a bit of a nerd and (laughs) I really, I follow some neuroscientists, which is kind of a weird thing to even say, (laughs) but, um, but I really, you know, I, I mean, um, wisdom, grandma's wisdom is great, but we know so much about the brain now that we didn't know 20, 30 years ago. And so I love Folding in what I call, you know, the why we do the crazy things that we do, or sometimes why we don't do the things we need to do. So brain science um, had to be in there for me too. Okay, yeah, so I came up with SORT, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what I've been doing with clients. So the S O R T stands for Start, organize into groups. The third step is reduce, release, and reset. The fourth step is tweak which means just make your little changes. And then the fifth step is succeed and celebrate. Mm-hmm. And by succeeding and celebrating that fifth step, you kind of reset your brain to say, okay, I did an organizing project. I was successful. I'm more likely to be successful the next time I take that on. Yeah, so you So know, it's I'm, really a full cool project.
1: I'm wondering if, um, <clears throat> because neuroscience is really hot right now, I'm wondering if that would have been part of your branding, I don't know, on the cover or in the description in Amazon uh, to more to more in, enhance the neuroscience part. But now I'm geeking out on keywords, so never uh, mind. <laughs> you
0: know, I'll, listen, I'll listen to that all day, Eric. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, we. I've got that tool, KDP, oh man, Publisher Rocket, it is called now, formerly KDP Rocket. So I'm going to have to check that out because yes. I know... You yeah. know what,
0: and, and you and I are both big fans of uh, both Dave Chesson and his yeah. tool, and, um, yeah. and that's a real, I see this is why I love podcasts and talking to other smart people, because you just, mm. you know, sort of turned over a leaf, oh, and wow, there might be a little gem under there that mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. uh, to investigate.
1: And you called me smart, thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. I've been
0: following you for years, and again, if, if somebody's listening to this, and it's their very first podcast, just they should keep following you. Like they should go sign up for your Instagram and your um, LinkedIn and, and every place else they can find you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That is so nice. So nice. But back to you, back to you. I'm going to exercise some discipline here and not (laughs) gloat too much, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate it. So yeah. Boosting your organizing with neurons. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So one more time, start
0: right so the sort and succeed um, Mm -hmm. and again you know if people don't remember what the steps are um, six months from now or whatever they can remember you know sorting is an organizing thing maybe they can you know kind of remember that in their brain it's sort and succeed and if they really want to remember it I actually you might find this funny Mm -hmm. I commissioned a song wow and well not really a song it's a ditty really Uh it's a jingle
1: (laughs) We can put so a link to it.
0: Website. You can search for the okay. sort song. Yeah. And um, yeah, so my my idea was to create an earworm. So, and I am not musical, but I wanted to um, to have that as another tool for people. So I hired somebody to write me a little jingle. Cool. So yeah. Maybe we
1: can put it in in the blog post or the show notes.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah. So, sort of succeed. So, it start is the first step. Organize mm-hmm. into groups. The third step is reduce, release, and reset. Um, and then the fourth step is tweaking. And then the fifth step is succeed and celebrate.
1: That's cool. Tweaking sounds cool too. Yeah. Succeed and celebrate. Yeah, I also heard that's um, important neuroscience that you should write down your goals, not type them, not, no electronic stuff. But you write down your goals and then you write down how you're going to celebrate when you're done.
0: That is exactly it. And, and the start um, that first step is starting with a written plan. And I tell people do just a bullet point, you know, on the back mm-hmm. of an envelope or a sticky note or something. But um, how often have we, I'll use something in the office as an example. How often have you sat down to say, okay, I'm going to clear my desk off today. And all of a sudden, you know, two hours later, you're either wandering around online or you're, you know, sort of, Foraging in the kitchen, you're thinking, what was I doing? What was I going to do today? What was the thing I was going to organize? And if you just wrote down your bullet point of, I'm going to clear off the desk today, just having that visual, being able to like look over at your sticky note and say, oh yeah, clear the desk, clear the desk, clear the desk, you know, being able to repoint yourself, that is exactly how you can stay focused um, even when it seems like you have no focus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tell us more about these neuroscience tricks. You have a whole chapter about that, right?
0: I do. I do. So um, so there, I, I talk a, about a little different uh, trick or, or different research in each of the books. But um, I follow a guy named Richard Saylor. Hmm. Uh, he is out of, I think, the University of Chicago. Um, I should know that, really. But he, <laughs> won, <laughs> he won the Nobel Prize uh, oh. two years ago in economics he's actually an economist but Mm -hmm. he partners with some behavioral um behavioral psychiatrists and so he's created this new field of behavioral economics which again is why we do the crazy things we do and so one of the things that um he has this is actually what he won the nobel prize for was um was figuring out why people hang on to things that uh, why, how they value things. Um and so it's um oh so <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the technical term that he uses here. Um basically he says and he and he's determined this through a series of really interesting experiments um, that once we own something whether it's valuable or not our estimation of the value goes up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, he calls it the endowment Hmm. um, or the endowment effect. And what that means is once it's part of our household or once it's part of our possessions we will if something's worth $5 we now think it's worth 6 or 7 or $10 mm-hmm. that's just yeah. the way our brain works but if we saw that very same thing in somebody else's possession or mm-hmm. on a store shelf we would actually value it at oftentimes less than the um, actual value of $5 so so we mm-hmm. might be able to or be willing to buy it from somebody else but for less than $5 yeah. so the exact same item so mm-hmm our brains just work this way. It's, it's, um, evolutionary. It's a thing. It's, it's why people hang on to clutter, yep. even though they don't think maybe really it's totally valuable or totally useful or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it's so interesting because there are, people will often say to me, why can't I, you know, put this, Cardboard box out in the recycle bin. Well, because you own it and the endowment Mm -hmm. effect says that you value you're gonna value this more than some cardboard box that would be sitting on somebody else's (laughs) curb. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. I've heard of another term though. I don't know if it was Richard Saylor, but now it comes to mind. Uh, the fear of loss is Mm -hmm. one of the the strongest motivators of all. It's like the top of the list, the top one or two motivators is fear of loss. And and what is Saylor calling it?
0: Um, so his name is Thaler, just FYI, if somebody wants to look it up, it's T-H-A-L-E-R, Richard yeah. Thaler. Oh. Um, so that is called, um, that is actually a thing as well. And what he has determined through research, he and others, not just he, him, um, mm-hmm. but they have determined that the, the fear of loss or actually actual losses hurt the brain Hurt the neuroscience of the brain, physical pain, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, twice as much as gains feel good.
1: Exactly, yeah. I and the, that, what, yeah. Their,
0: what their research found out was that the fear of loss actually hurts um, uh, just again twice as much as the possibility of a good thing. Wow. So it's really a powerful force. You know, some people do personalize it and think, oh, there's something wrong with me. No, if that's, you know, your reaction to your things, that's actually how you were built. Your brain is actually working the mm-hmm. way it's supposed to. It's just these weird, quirky things. So, um, you know, so we've got the endowment effect. He's he's explained what the fear of loss actually does um, in, our, in our brains. He talks about um, nudging. There, he has a right. whole book. It's called Nudge. And yeah. um, nudges are sort of like my step four in tweaking, just making these, um, making decisions uh, easy so that good decisions can happen. I'm I'm kind of not explaining it well here, but it's all right. It's all right. Basically, just nudging your um, nudging decisions in the right direction. And mm-hmm. he talks about it from like a government and organizational standpoint. Hmm. So the example is, if you ask people if they want to contribute to their four hundred and one k or not. Most people will say no when they're presented with the forms. But if you tell people, hey, here at our firm, everybody gets opted into the 401k program. Do you want to opt out? Most people will not opt out. Mm -hmm. It's the same question, just presented a little bit differently. And um, when you nudge people kind of in the right direction, they will tend to accept those nudges and go, in a, you know, go into decision-making mode where it's more likely to be helpful for them. So yeah. that's really interesting. It's
1: a very deep subject too. I mean, uh, I heard one of the ways to, to uh, what do you call it, um, trick or out trick your, your instinct to save stuff and not throw away stuff you already own is to, is to not let it in your house in the first place. Right. You know?
0: Uh, yeah well um, and that that speaks to the endowment because if you bring it into your house you assign value to it even though you don't mean to it's just going to happen yeah and then you're dealing with loss so it's kind of they layer on top of each other so endowment uh you bring something in you didn't you know you didn't weren't really thinking about bringing it in it just happened and now you're feeling with now you're dealing with loss aversion Mm -hmm. so not only do you value it more than maybe you should, but it's going to physically hurt you potentially mm-hmm. to send things out the door if you don't already feel good about that. That's the loss aversion part.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, huh? And um, have you heard of the doorway effect?
0: I haven't. Tell me.
1: Um, you, you probably have in, in several different forms, but when you walk through a door, it's not just uh, you're, you're walking through a doorway. There's some kind of subconscious thing going in your head. And so you can use it to trigger things. So when you walk through a doorway, you can say, okay, I'm going to go through with my shoulders back and my chest out, and, and etc. And so every time you go through a doorway, you know, it's kind of like one of those NLP things. You have to kind of, you know, I don't know, trigger your uh, condition yourself a little bit, but you can also do it with junk. So, so before you walk into your house, like when you get your mail, do you bring your junk mail in your house? Your doorway is a trigger. So when you go through that door, it should trigger you and say, hey, do I want this junk mail in my house? So what I've done is my, my waste paper can is like right by my door and I don't bring any junk mail in my house. It goes straight into the blue uh, recycling bin. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put the sign there on that. Please put all junk mail in this blue bin, you know. But anyways, the, the doorway effect is you can, you can make every doorway a trigger for yourself.
0: Yeah. You know, I I love that. And actually that dovetails with one of my best organizing uh, hacks, if you want to call it. Yeah. Um, So I I am known for or I want to be known for two things. I want to be known for the uh, being the organizer who helps you to stop decluttering. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is um, I say a lot is that I want you to never leave empty handed. And what I mean by that is every time you leave a room or leave your car, um, every time I get up from my desk, I always, before I just sort of walk forward, which is sort of an autopilot, um, as I'm walking, I think, what do I need to take with me? What do I need to return to the kitchen? What do I need to take upstairs which I'm going to pass on the way to the kitchen, you know, so I put uh-huh. things on the stairs. So I am really conscious about, and, and I train my employees this way and I try and get my clients doing this. Anytime you're leaving your space, uh-huh. whether it's your, your desk chair or, or, you know, getting up from wherever, see what you can grab <laughs> and take it with you because then you're, You're moving things all throughout the day and you don't get to the end of the day and think, oh, the house is a mess. What you've done is you've moved things closer to Mm -hmm. their ultimate destination.
1: Interesting. Is there a word
0: for that? No, it's just, it's, you know, my mantra is kind of never leave empty handed. So um, (laughs) especially upstairs and I live in a two story house and we've got a basement too. So I'm always thinking, oh, you know, if I have to go down Mm -hmm. in the basement, I want to carry everything with me all in one trip. Or um, like I said, if I pass my stairway, I'm thinking, do I need to take something upstairs? Well, I might not be going upstairs, but I can put it mm-hmm. on the stairs and then grab it next time I go.
1: Your book is so full of these things. Um, uh, it, I really recommend it to everyone. There's, it's like 24 chapters long and um, there's something in there for everyone. But, but let's take a little, uh, um, a global view for a second. Tell us about hard work organizing.
0: Uh, the best company to work for, says <laughs> me. <laughs> cool. Of course. I, I love what I do. I really, you know, I've been organizing for homeowners and business owners for 15 years. Um, when I started out, it was, you know, a lot of sock drawers and closets and that sort of thing. But, um, but I have a, a tech background. And so I do a lot of, you know, Hey, show me your, you know, your phone. I think there's an app that can help you with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, big 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 Evernote fan in fact I'm Evernote certified oh wow certification yeah Mm. um so I I help people just learn how to use Evernote and set up an entire business or a foundation or you know just fix their lives um by breaking the sticky note habit and and putting things into Evernote um but yeah we have so we have a small company um anywhere from three to five people usually are um are working for me at one time. And, um, I've got these, these books we've come out with one every year for the last year. And, um, I have no doubt that they are changing lives. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't have any doubt because people tell me they are changing their lives. Awesome. And that when I, when I started writing books, you know, and I think every author goes through this, they think, Oh, you know, does somebody else really need to hear this story or, um, do I really have anything new to say in this area? And I just, you know, I I started writing my books after Marie Kondo, for example, came mm-hmm. out with The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And it, it just um, cemented for me that there are people in my world who read my books, and they say, I've read other books. And for whatever reason, that those other books didn't didn't hit them, didn't change them, didn't do it for them. But the way that I was able to say, you know, never Mm -hmm. leave empty handed or you make your office a pretty place to be because you're going to be in it a long time, whatever it is that they took out of my books, they had to hear it from me. And that was an awakening for me. And I, you know, I want to put that out there for other authors, because I know it's hard sometimes to say, oh, I got to get to the end of the book, so that I can put this out there. But does anybody really want to or need to hear this? And I'm I'm here to tell you that they do. Everybody's got a light inside of them, and something Mm -hmm. to share. And if you are a person who can put that in a book, you can change lives.
1: Yeah, that's one of the most annoying things to hear is when when you tell people you're an author and say, "Oh, but somebody's already written a book like that." Yeah, now you do it, you know? (laughs) God, man, I hate that. So so what? There's they need to hear your voice. Everybody's different. And, Everybody
0: and, does have a different, you, you just actually, um, you just put out a book on podcasting. Yes. And um, you actually did that with, was it two or three other authors? Yes.
1: Three other excellent authors,
0: excellent authors. <laughs> and um, you know, I read all the time and I read that book
1: oh, and I thought,
0: you. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. And I thought, you know, I know a few of these things. There were lots of things in there that I didn't know. And there were, you know, there were things that I had probably heard before, but because I heard it in your voice or in your co-author's voice, I was like, oh, okay, you know, uh, that makes sense to me now. Hmm. And I I don't have a podcast. I actually have a TV show. And um, that book actually helped me a lot. To think about how I was going to do my intro and my outro and, and um, do some of the interview techniques that I do on my TV show. So yeah, it was, it was, um, you never know where these books are going to, you know, land for people and how they're going to impact them and how they're going to change their lives.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm glad it helped you, but you just dropped a a nugget bomb. You got a TV show?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. On YouTube um, or what? It's, it's sort of a hyper-local thing. So it's mm-hmm. on my community channel. Um, I live outside of oh. uh, Philadelphia. And it is uh, an actual TV show. Somebody else, this is what I love about it. You know, when you're podcasting, you have to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when you're uh, sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in, in my community TV show studio, somebody else is taping. Somebody else is running the control yeah. board. I am just... Um, booking the guests and interviewing the guests, and I love that. And my um, my my GM, you know, finishes up the show and posts it to YouTube, and and they replay That's it cool. on the channel. And um, so yeah, it's it's fun. But I organize. Um, sorry, it's called organizing elephants. Uh-huh. And um, I you could probably check on YouTube for organizing elephants, but um, it comes from that old saying of how do you eat an elephant.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One piece yeah, at a time.
0: One bite at a time, right. Yeah. So I thought or, uh, I thought, eating elephants was a little too aggressive for the title, so we organized <laughs> elephants on my Organizing show. Organizing
1: elephants, kind yeah. of like herding cats.
0: Yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could have been the alternate title. <laughs> so.
1: Well, that's cool, but how can we see the show?
0: It's on YouTube, so oh, okay. uh, the, the station right now is actually changing their name, but uh, you could still find it under Radnor, R-A-D-N-O-R, <laughs> Radner Studio 21. And um, it's just the show is called Organizing Elephants. I think I've done, I don't know, nine or 10 shows um, out on YouTube. And they're, they're all on my website too, which is, so my website is heartworkorg.com. So it's short for heartwork organizing. And Mm -hmm. it's just like the heart in your chest. H-E-A-R-T-W-O-R-K-O-R-G.com.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, I've got to correct that in the show notes here. So, but you also have a, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. besides your TV yep. show.
0: Yep, I do. I just, um, it's funny because I don't love doing the YouTube thing. <laughs> I, I don't love editing. So, I yeah. will try and get my, um, my YouTube clips to about two minutes or less. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm talking really fast, but it'll be, you know, Hey, here's one thing you need to know. Like the one I did yesterday, I hadn't done any for a while, but the one I did yesterday, I said, I think you're using the wrong bag to organize. Hmm. And people are, you know, thinking what, well, you don't use a trash bag to organize that's on the wrong end of the equation. You use (laughs) a, a reusable shopping bag. And whatever you're bringing home, you know, if you're using your own bags, it kind of, it hits a different place in your brain. Yep. So back to the neuroscience. Um, But when you're in control of what the container is that you're using when you're shopping, It's a whole different equation. You bring things, less things into your house, you bring fewer things into your house, and therefore you have fewer things to throw away. So I don't want people thinking, running around their house with a trash bag or running around their office with a trash bag is the way to organize. That's the way to clean up, but it's not the way to be organized and stay organized.
1: So you have to use a good container or or how does it work?
0: Yeah, so I um I prefer that people think about organizing before they even leave the store. So here in the US we have Target. I go to Target, you know, every week or so. Yeah. And um it's really easy to fill up those big carts. Have you ever noticed in the in the shopping closets? Yeah, the carts are really big. That's on purpose. They want yeah. to buy a lot. Yep. <laughs> But I actually have my reusable shopping bag in my purse and I bring it out and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the cart the whole time thinking, am, am I going to need another bag? Am I going to have to take a plastic bag home in addition? You know, I don't, I don't like to do that. And it really mm. has cut down on my impulse buys.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, um, I've, I've cut down on my impulse buying in Kindle too. It's, uh, but yeah, that's neuroscience behind, um graphic user interfaces and the customer journey, you know, how to get people to click. And there's, yeah, that's, there's a company that does this uh, neuroscience and graphic user interfaces. Do you know about them?
0: Um, No, probably again, I'm probably going to learn something from you here.
1: (laughs) No, I have to look it up. I have to look it up. Um, I mentioned it in another podcast. It was the hot tip for stocks, maybe two years Mm -hmm. ago. And then we didn't hear about them again. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's, it's no secret that all of the user interfaces of our phones are totally designed, engineered for instant gratification, like a video game.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: yeah. And so this company is going to make an, or did make an app to, what do you call it? Kind of out trick it to where, when you want to go to Facebook, it puts a delay of one or two seconds in Ooh, everything. I like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I tried them, but it was, you know, this freemium model where then you have to subscribe and pay to use the app. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes, but
0: yeah, but that's a, that's a really good point. The, um, the interfaces on our devices and, um, computers, you know, it's, uh, uh, my kids are, are very young, so it's yep. frightening to see how addicted they are to oh, devices. Yeah. And it's funny cause they'll talk, they'll talk to me about, um, about Instagram, and they've never been on Instagram, you know, (laughs) so it's like, why are you talking to me about a a platform you, you haven't even experienced, I mean, that's, that, it's really frightening, last night, we were talking at the um, dinner table, and my daughter said something about um, what, uh, oh, she wanted to leave a book review for my, for my new book, and I said, you can't do that, you live in the same household,
1: Yeah. and she
0: said, well, how do they know that, and I said, oh, (laughs) honey, They know more about you than you have any idea. They know (laughs) know everything about me. You know, I try and shield them. They don't have online uh, identities yet, really.
1: Uh, But it's
0: coming. It's coming soon. Um, But yeah, people don't understand that the big red card at Target and the interface on their phone and, um, you know, really, just really everything around us is designed for maximum consumer interaction. Yep. And so we have to be really intentional. We have to do things, not that we have to work all the time at it, but we have to find these little hacks or these, mm. these systems, like the Sort and Succeed system, so that you have something to fall back on and you have your own your own values, your own guiding light, your own uh, systems and yeah. processes. So you're not just always falling into what the, what the retailers want you to be doing. Mm.
1: it's it's so amazing too um have you noticed um the one with the little tiny red dot almost all platforms use it from google facebook the little tiny red dot somewhere up in the top right it's and that means that there's something there and you and so you have to click on it And, and can you resist that little tiny red dot
0: it is irresistible. It is addictive and it is on purpose. Yes.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, I, I have my own game with that, you know, like i you ain't getting me today, you red dot. <laughs> I own you, you know, I own you. This is my phone.
0: <laughs> that is yeah. so funny. And you know what, you're just, you're saying that maybe we'll have some of your listeners trying to <laughs> develop that muscle it is literally a muscle so um w- where i live we have a children's museum called the franklin institute i don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it but yeah
1: well franklin is a very known name so yeah I, yeah I think so I think he lived
0: it. in so he lived in philadelphia mm-hmm. and so Fr- the franklin institute is all about um it's the it's a science museum kids science museum yeah. and they have a section of the um of the the, sorry, the museum, Mm -hmm. um, that's a neuroscience exhibit and it's for kids, but I love it. Well, one of the things that they have in there is they have actual neurons. I think it's a pig neuron, but it's a a green neuron. And here's what I think is so interesting is that neurons, have you ever heard, you've probably heard this before, um, the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together.
1: Hmm. No, no, I have
0: so that comes straight out of neurology like a like a neurosurgeon would that's like day one of of neurosurgeon school right and yeah. what that means is when you when your neurons which are actual pathways in your brain when they are doing something over and over, that means that they are firing across synapses and they will actually grow. They will reach out to each other, like like two hands reaching oh. across a void and they will reach out to each other. And eventually after firing together, they will eventually wire together, which means they will join and they will be hmm. a neural pathway.
1: And that's yeah. how
0: you build habits. Ah. And so in this exhibit in the Franklin Institute, they have um, a neuron that is uh, separated from a pig brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this long, 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 long string. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting to me to think that, and this is where I get a little nerdy, sorry, but uh, <laughs> when you're doing something over and over again, when you're clicking on that red dot, um, you are firing a neuron in your brain that says, oh, I'm supposed to go yep. click on that to see what message is happening there for me. And when you fire, 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 fire together over and over again, that neuron becomes wired and that becomes a habit. Yep. And so how many times have you thought a habit isn't just something you do, it's actually a physical thing in your brain?
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I knew that actually. Yeah, yeah I knew so that, I just, I
0: find that amazing. Yeah, so the pathway when, you're, thing. Yeah. when you're saying, I'm not going to click on the red dot, mm-hmm. you're actually not you know, you're firing in a different direction or you're not Mm -hmm. letting the, I'm going to, I'm going to just, you know, pop over here and see what little message is waiting for me. So Mm -hmm. you're not giving into that. And you're kind of building your organizing muscle. You're building your discipline muscle. You're building your, you know, your response. That is the response you wanted, not the response that somebody else wanted you to have. I just think that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, boy, you said it. Um, yeah, but that brings up another question: Is is this neuron from the pig? Is it under glass? And how big is it? How? Can,
0: can yes, we- it is. Um, I want to say they have it laid out kind of in a like a picture frame. Um, mm-hmm.
1: How big is it?
0: It's it's long. I mean, like mm-hmm. a, like several feet long. Really? Yeah. Huh. yeah.
1: One neuron. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I'm gonna have to it Google is that.
0: Crazy. <clears throat> yes.
1: What's the museum called?
0: It's called the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, that, that, man, that's a rabbit hole right there. Benjamin Franklin was an <laughs> interesting guy. He was a, yeah. and it, is it true that he put away like $10,000 and then uh, Philadelphia inherited it like a couple of years ago and it had become a million dollars by in compounding interest or something?
0: Oh gosh, I, you know, I hadn't heard that, but I w- wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past him.
1: Yeah, I'll, really I'll look that one up too. That guy was smart, man. Yes. <laughs> okay back to you. <laughs> yeah so yeah the neurons um I I just recently read uh something that they've just discovered you know that they the scientists have right. discovered that there's um the neurons hold more information than they thought so between each synapse it's not just a, a one or a zero or or something that there's more going on which totally blows now their whole um projections because now they have to recalculate how much the brain can actually hold yeah
0: see that's really, I, if you dig that up, send me that link. Cause I want to okay. read more about that. That doesn't surprise me. We are always finding out more and more about our brains and our world. And I just, you know, I'm telling people all the time, like when people tell me they can't get organized, you know, Oh, I've tried. I'm, I'm just not ever going to be organized. And, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Here's what I say. I say, look, I know that you can learn how to use Evernote or you can learn how to use an app or you can, I know that you can sit down and write your book or finish your book. I know that you can do these things. And do you know why I know? Because 10 years ago, nobody had a smartphone and knew how to text.
1: Crazy. And now we
0: all do it. So everybody, and, and here's the other thing, those phones that we all walk around with in our back pocket, Mm -hmm. Each one of our smartphones, a single smartphone, has more computing power on board a single smartphone than the Apollo 11 mission had on the on board when they put the guys on the moon.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's so funny because I'm writing an astronaut book for kids right now. And... um, yeah. So yeah, that is the the and it, well, and then there's the scary part about all of the spying and stuff going on with yeah. our phones.
0: <laughs> That's a whole other
1: podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, the um. <laughs> It's amazing. Moore's law, the doubling of the computing power or the memory every two years or something like that.
0: Yeah. But the point is that we now are using these super, what what would have back in the day been called a supercomputer. We yep. all own <laughs> one, every single yep. one of us. And we all know how to use a portion of it. Maybe not to its fullest, you know, but we yep. all are using it. So for somebody to tell me, I don't know how to file or I don't know how to, you know, digitally file, that's crazy. You can learn what you want to learn. And it's just understanding these underlying concepts of how the brain works and, you know, what, um, what works to motivate some people. And, you know, that's why my book, The Upbeat Organized Home Office, talks about certain topics. It talks about physically organizing your office, organizing files, organizing digital files, um, it even talks about tech gremlins, like how to deal with technology when you don't like technology and it's always seems to be breaking. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a whole chapter on that, uh, and how to deal with passwords and stuff like that. So maybe it's not that you don't know how to do something. It's just that you haven't heard a good explanation for how to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah so,
1: sure.
0: Yeah. That's, I love, I love organizing. I think you can hear that in my voice. I'm just an mm-hmm. organizing nerd. Um, and I love helping people get to where they intend to go, whether it's tomorrow or next year, you know, we're all on a journey and we can all pick up a nugget from each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a good way to put it. Pick up a nugget. <laughs> yeah, yeah Um I forgot, though, what's the name of your YouTube channel?
0: Oh, my YouTube channel, you can find me on all the social platforms, either at Heartwork Organizing mm-hmm. or at Darla Demaro. So, okay. some places I'm in one, some places I'm, you know, it's my brand name, some places it's my actual name, but it's either Darla Demaro or Heartwork Organizing. And I think um, the YouTube is probably under the ladder, Heartwork Organizing.
1: Yeah, cool. I'm writing as we speak at Heart.
0: But I would love for people to, you know, check out my website. There's, if they're struggling with organizing, pick up the book, uh, any of the books really for January. January is usually the best price that's going to be out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if they're struggling with paper, because I know writers uh, tend to like paper and they tend to struggle with paper. I do have an organizing your papers online class that you can take wherever you are in the world and you can take it whenever you're ready um that's on my website under books and classes. Um Ooh. we also have a free Facebook group. Eric, you're in that now?
1: Yeah. And Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so the Facebook group has I'm so proud of it. It has um 1400 people right now as we speak. I, it'll mm-hmm. probably be 2000 by the end of the month. Yeah. But um we are a non-judgmental place where you can come and you can post a question about organizing. No question is too dumb. Um, in fact, no question is dumb. Um, It's a private group. So what people like is that they can post their, you know, embarrassing quote unquote pictures, because you can't really share outside the group. So it's locked down. Mm -hmm. Um, So people can, people can post a picture and Mm -hmm. say, I need help. What, you know, what would you do? Somebody today asked, you know, she's going back to grad school, and she wants to know some good tips for keeping her Uh, grad school materials organized. I thought that was a great question. She'll get some good help. Um, And then sometimes, you know, some of us are more organized than others. We can just, we can encourage each other because again, we can all, um, we can all help each other along the journey. So it's just really, I I've built it to be an encouraging spot. That's nice. then During January, I'm actually doing something new called office hours. So just a 20 minute once a week, I'll get on and talk about like today we did how to, um set up your physical files how to how to deal with paper files and mm-hmm. just some of these little tips are maybe something you've never heard before if you've especially the younger folks if you've never worked in a corporate office how in the world would you know how to set up a file system
1: hmm. you wouldn't yeah
0: so um and then the last thing that i wanted to mention to people is if they are interested in getting organizing help they should either check the napo site so that's napo.net mm-hmm. which is the organization i talked about earlier or I actually do virtual organizing, which I love doing. Oh, and we use Zoom, which is the platform that you and I are on right now, Eric. Yep. And um, I help people just one hour at a time and give them all the direction they need to make changes in their office. So it's accountability. It's targeted um, information. Um, I will help them with uh, sourcing furniture and office supplies if they don't know where to look. I've you know I do that as well as part of their um their work and usually what I end up doing is working with executive excuse me executives week over week or maybe once a month we meet in a virtual format and it's just enough to keep them sort of you know above um above water and making sure they're they're pile they don't have piles in their office and they know how to get the next thing that they need to get done. Yeah, yeah so that- that's um, a lot that we can offer but um I'm really just you know here to encourage people.
1: So what was the um, website again?
0: So my website is heartworkorg.com.
1: Okay. And then they can get on a Zoom call with you there too.
0: Yes. Yeah. They can actually um, request an online, uh, I have a button to request a meeting online. Mm
1: -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, man, this is rich. (laughs) Um, But I respect your time. So I've still got like two or three more questions if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm here okay, for it. Okay.
1: Cool. So let me see. I'm I'm going through the question. I'm gonna jump around a bit now. Um, like I said, thank you for the book. It's it's pretty big, pretty comprehensive. So anybody out there listening, there's definitely something in there for you. And uh, like I said, you don't just have to geek out on the neuroscience, but like I so, do
0: yeah, <laughs> we kind of hit on that and then um, mm. you know sort of bring it back to the yeah. topics. Um, throughout yeah. the book. And um, it's, a, it's a good size. The metrics tell me that it should take an average reader about two and a half hours to read straight through. Oh, I thought so, it was
1: bigger. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's not huge. It's, uh, you can read it probably in a couple, three settings and, and uh, get what you need out of it. And it's also written, actually, I should mention this. It's written for my ADD clients specifically. Oh. So there's a lot of white space. And oh. if you noticed the um, the images in there, Mm-hmm. They, I've got images about every, you know, three or four pages so that somebody yeah. who isn't a great reader or who really wants to read it, but needs to, you know, some visual stimulation, that's what those images are in there for. And they're, they're the important phrases or, or sentences that I want you to come out of the book with. Yeah,
1: I really like that. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, but I'm on the online reader, which kind of squashes things. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, did a very good job. Congratulations on the excellent book. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. How about a couple of grab bag, random questions?
0: Okay. Hit me.
1: What's in your pockets right now?
0: Uh, I'm an organizer. Nothing.
1: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Very good. You you aced it. You got it. <laughs>
0: but but I will tell you what's always in my purse.
1: Oh. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Business cards.
1: Mm-hmm. And.
0: Never leave home when you're in business, or you know, if you're an author and you're trying to figure out if you are really an author, you <laughs> are. Um, and I would have business cards made up saying, you know, Darla DeMarro author. If I if somebody else wasn't giving me business cards, like if your company doesn't do that for you, um, I would, I just that is rule number one for me never leave the house without business cards because you just never know when you're going to run into somebody and you want to mm. make that connection,
1: yeah. And now, you know, all the I don't know, the trendy, I don't know if you want to call it trendy, but they say, oh, you don't have business cards anymore. You have a book, you know, yeah. like you can't hand them your book. You
0: know? No. Yeah. You can't like, if I'm at the gym or, mm-hmm. you know, go to church or something, I like, I just want to have business cards.
1: Yeah. 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 Books you know, are the new I'm, business card, but they're a little big.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> even, you know, when I'm meeting like my kids, parents um, and I'm like, you know, I want to, get the kids together for a play date or something, I'll hand them my business cards. I'm not trying to be sneaky or anything, but they always look at it and say, oh, that's <laughs> what you do. I need to talk to you. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, cool. Huh? So, yeah. All right. So do you have a morning routine?
0: Well, my question back to you would be, does your morning start before 10 a.m.? Because I really tried. <laughs> <laughs> I start before a.m. <laughs> yes,
1: my, but you have kids they I'm sure they wake you up right
0: I do Yeah. You no, know, I have to walk one to the bus stop still, which is uh, I will be retired from that job as of next year. I'm so happy about that, oh yeah, but cool. um, but no, i don't I don't like to see clients before ten a m so that's kind of mm-hmm. been something I developed for myself over the years, but um, my morning routine is you know, I just need a shower. And I do check, I do that thing that we're not supposed to do, but, um, I check my email before I get out of bed now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So no Tai Chi or, or levitation or anything?
0: No, I am uh, an evening workout gal. So I do yoga and I do like to work out, but, uh, I can't get myself into it in the morning.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I hear you, uh, but I, I have to get up way before 10 because of the kids. So, but I'm trying to do that, like that five o'clock thing, like the Navy SEA, oh. it just isn't working. You know?
0: <laughs> no, I just read an article. In fact, I just literally yesterday read an article that said, I think it was from the New York Times. You'll have to go look it up. It said, getting up at 5 a.m. is the shortest way to a cold or something like that. Like, <laughs> getting up at 5 a.m. doesn't have to be a virtue, which is yeah. so great because yeah. no, I really do get up about seven o'clock, but Um, but I don't like to have mascara on before about nine o'clock, so (laughs) I need a a little bit more of an easy, um, uh, easing into the day.
1: That's cool. That's cool. For me, it's all about the sun. If in the summer, it's easy to get up early because the sun is blasting you in the face and then in the winter it's like, oh, I'm getting up at 9 p.m., 9 a.m. again, you know.
0: Amen. I am right there with you.
1: Yeah. So what's the one question you wish people would ask you, but maybe don't?
0: the one question people would ask me or should know, yeah um i don't have an answer to that um, i i just really love so it's interesting because i'm an introvert i mm-hmm. i'm at, you know high 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 level introvert and mm-hmm. um and yet i still feel the value of connections with people mhm you know, I love to have my time to to read quietly and reflect and all of that, but um, but I am good with just having any sort of conversation. I think we are losing the art of you know having small talk with each other and being able to stand in line and and make a new friend. Uh, you know I just we're losing that as a as a culture, as a uh, community. Yeah. And, um, so I, I don't care what question you ask me, but let's talk to each other. You know, let's be, let's be interpersonal when we are, when we're in a public space. That's kind of how I think of it. So there you go. Yeah, you can ask me anything.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's amazing. There's a name for it now. I forgot what the name was, the The, the neck problem people are getting from staring down at their cell phones.
0: Too. Oh yeah. Tech neck. Are you talking Tech-neck. about tech
1: neck? I think so. Yeah. People have to get an operation for it even, yeah. you know?
0: I know. That's just ridiculous. I think in um, 50 years, if we don't fix this, we're all going to be looking like Tyrannosaurus Rexes, you know, with the <laughs> tiny little arms. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Tech neck. I'm writing that one down.
0: Yeah. yeah I think I just heard that this week. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's like a real thing actually.
0: It so, is. It yeah. for sure is. So, you know, get to, it's another reason to get to the gym and um, you know, I find that I, I, I like to work and mm-hmm. I like to I really love all parts of my job so I can spend a whole day at my computer and not, you know, not feel drained or anything like that. But then I go to yoga and I realize that I have not been breathing all day long. Hmm. Yoga is really good for me because it does make you stretch. It does make you put your head back and, Hmm. and it does make you take those deep, deep breaths. So
1: um,
0: it's, you know, get out of your office every now and then.
1: That's my morning routine actually is the five Tibetans and I super duper highly recommend it for beginners or anybody, you know, just if you've been thinking about starting a morning routine, start with the five Tibetans.
0: Is that the same as the sun salutation or is that different?
1: It's five yoga moves and they're supposed to be super duper old and the Tibetan monks use it to live forever. Mm, (laughs) And the sun salutation, you know what? I don't know enough about it to actually compare. Um, they're just, okay. they're just, they're actually super duper easy yoga moves. Even I can yeah. do them. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack Lelane, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he was a pioneer and he was all about, I think he's passed away now, yeah. but he was all about getting up every day and doing your stretches. Even if yeah. you didn't work out, that was, that was his key. And, um, I think he attributed his long life to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: but what about you? What's on the horizon for you? Any new projects?
0: So given that the upbeat organized home office came out literally yesterday, we yeah. are sort of heads down, not tech neck, but heads down in mm-hmm. <laughs> making sure that as many people get their hands on that, you know, as, as can be. And if people do um, pick it up because of this podcast, I hope please and thank you that they will leave a review um, for me or any other author, really, I'm trying to get a lot better about leaving reviews for everything that I read because that, you know, that's gold. Amazon yep. loves to know that people are reading your stuff. Um, but we, I am probably going to come out with the fourth in the Sword and Succeed series next January. That's when people like to... Um, like to get organizing information, but I think I'm going to lighten it up just a bit. And I'm going to um, change the format of the book just a teeny little bit. So it'll be more of a um, just complete visual uh, book. And um, so it's kind of, I'm going to have that little bit of mystery there. We talked about that earlier that I'm, I may not be a woman of many mysteries, but I'm going to hold that one back for now. But um, (laughs) I, I can see, I can see coming out with a new book again next year
1: um you have a working title yet or you don't want to tell
0: um so it would be something along the lines of organizing according to the cat
1: (laughs) cool okay (laughs) nice nice all right well where can we reach you online where do you want everybody to go
0: so i would love for people to go to my website which is heartworkorg.com there's tons of free stuff um i publish a blog article usually once or twice a week so there's Mm -hmm. always new content there there's also 30 tips to organize everything um there's all the books and classes that we've been talking about today they're all nicely organized surprise surprise on a books and classes tab (laughs) um there's you know there's tons of free resources there there's a donation directory there's um vital records documents. There's just a ton of things. I have over, Eric, I don't know if this is a lot or not, but it looks like a big number to me. I have over 900 articles. I've been blogging that long.
1: Wow. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So chances are if you're looking for something and put it in the search bar, it'll come up. And if it doesn't, I want to hear about it because obviously I need to write about it.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, Darla, it's been really fun. It's been real. And uh, man, uh, I'm sure we could do more podcasts about your book because it's, it's big.
0: <laughs> I would love to chat anytime. And then next time I'm in Paris, you're going to have yep. to, you know, I can't swear to coming to where you are, but we're going to have to meet in Paris for sure.
1: Yeah, Europe's lovely. All right. Well, thanks once again. And everybody go get Darla's book. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.